This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. She was 85 years old. She was the oldest of 12 children. She was married to the same man for 65 years. She had four children, three grandchildren, and two great-grandchildren. She was my mother, Norma Fitzsimmons. And on June 19th, at about 8.30 in the morning... Uh, she died. So you will indulge me as I kind of work this out, <laughs> talking about it on the show. Um, I know I've, told, I, I've, I've given you sort of what was happening on the few shows that I've done recently. I took all of May off because things were too crazy with my work and some stuff was going on with Mom. And other things just just made it too difficult to do a show. And then I came back for a couple of weeks in June, <clears throat> and then, well, Mom died, so I took a couple of weeks off. I would have done a show last weekend, uh, but I realized it was Fourth of July weekend, and I'll get to that later. Talk more about that later. So I, um, I'm doing a show now. Let's see. Just to recap kind of stuff is going on. She was 85 years old. She turned 85 in uh, February of this year. Astrologers, put your charts away. And uh, there, I'll, I'll put it on the show notes page at dimland.com. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes blog option, and you'll get to the show notes. And if you're not checking out the show notes, you're only getting like 12.7% of the show. I mean, most of it's in the show notes. I don't know. I just make it up every time. So anyway, um, I make up the percentage every time. Uh, so I've told you some of the stuff that uh, was happening, but I'm going to recap a little bit. So she, I will put a picture of her and my dad taken at that uh, at the celebration dinner that we that the, the family went to uh, to celebrate Mom turning 85. And she looks, you know, she looks like an 85 year old woman. With surprisingly dark hair, surprisingly small amount of gray, and and mom never colored her hair. She never did. She that was that was her hair, and uh, she was asked from time to time, "Do you color your hair?" And mom would always respond, "If I colored my hair, would I pick this color?" 
because she had a kind of a, a a dark brown kind of you know just you know just dark brown hair, and and she used to tease me a little bit by uh, pointing out that I have more gray hair than she does. I guess I'm taking after my dad more than her because dad is complete silver hair at this point. All right, so anyway, she looks pretty good in that picture. And she got around okay. She needed a cane. She needed some help with stairs. But otherwise, she was doing okay. I will have another picture of her and my father uh, up on the show notes page. Uh, it's a picture of them walking out to the garage where their car is. Uh, this was for my father's birthday celebration event. Uh, he was turning 87. This would have been in April. Astrologers keep those charts put away. And I, I saw that moment, the two of them walking toward the garage, and, and, and I, I said, I, I have to capture this. So I got my phone out, and I took a picture. Uh, they're facing away from the camera. They're, they're walking along. I made sure to have a little bit extra, side, <coughs> extra of the sidewalk at the bottom, sort of a, a, a metaphor of the, of the path of life that they've taken together. Sort of a, a little, you know, visual thing there. You know, a little, you know, a little artistic thing, thing kind of deal. Well, at that uh, event, Mom was having some trouble breathing. She would, she would get really out of breath just doing, you know, going from her sitting room out to the kitchen. She'd be out of breath. Going from the kitchen out to the car and getting in the car, she'd be really out of breath. And, and that was happening at that point. And so we went to the dinner, and she did fine, except she just gets so out of breath. Well, I got her home. I, was, I drove their car to get, you know, to get them around. It's easier for the old folks to get in and out of their car. And Dad said, would you drive us? And I said, sure. So um, got him home. I said, Dad, make sure your mom gets on the oxygen. She had an oxygen thing from, from before where she was having some issues and just hadn't needed it, I guess. Well, she needed it then. So dad did and they called the doctor the next day and they said, take her to the emergency room. She had her uh, first stay in this recent time, first day in the hospital after that because there was fluid on her lungs. Hospital people cleared that up and they were able to send her home. So she went home. She was fine for a few days. And then on a Saturday, uh, while I was uh, working here at the comic book store, notice I said here. I'll get to that later. When I was uh, working, Dad got a call from Dad. He said Mom had fallen down and he couldn't get her up. He ended up having a neighbor come over to help her up off the floor. She she didn't he was helping her back from the, the uh, from the bathroom, back to her chair, and she just her legs just gave out, so he, she didn't just flop down to the floor. I think he he, could, he couldn't stop her from going down to the floor, but he I'm sure he guided her path down so it was a little gentler. I went over immediately uh, and asked, "Okay, have you been out of the chair since you since you got back into it?" She said, "No." So I said, "Do you need to go to the bathroom?" She said, "Yes," and we. It was very difficult to get her up out of the chair. I had to help her out of her chair. And her chair is one of those that lifts up to assist you getting out of it. She, you know, she couldn't do that. And she was using her walker at this point. The neighbor said, use your walker, don't use your cane. So I got her up out of her chair, got her into the bathroom. She took care of her business, but I had to help her off the toilet. 
got her back to her room and and she's you know get, sitting down talking to dad i heard her say as i was heading out to the kitchen to collect my thoughts and she said i think i have to go back to the hospital and she was right because i got on the phone with my older brother who has medical power of attorney with my parents and i said there's no way they can stay here in this house dad can't take care of her she can't she can't get up and down on the chair she can't get off the toilet there's no way so back into the hospital she went and this time they found a lot of fluid within her you know like it's her, her ankles were and feet were incredibly swollen and they were they discovered that her kidneys were not functioning properly and failing uh dialysis was talked about mom said no i don't want to do dialysis i talked to her on the phone and i said mom you could do dialysis she said i don't want to do it i'm 85 years old it might just be my time and i said well with dialysis it might not be and she said I'm not, i don't want to do it later on that day dad talked to me and he said the word hospice and if you don't know hospice is end-of-life care it's palliative care it's it's to make you uh it's to ease a person into death not to kill them <laughs> but not to make them better this is the idea of making them better is not part of the thing they are making them comfortable easing the pain as much as possible easing the anxiety as much as possible so they are comfortable and you know and the body shuts down whatever happens so that's, I mean, that's, some people recover and get off of hospice, but she got out of the hospital, she went back home, she could do hospice at home. Uh, it turns out that she couldn't do a dialysis anyway because she has a, a heart issue, she's got a pacemaker, and it was just, it, it wasn't, she wasn't a candidate for dialysis anyway, so, and she was doing okay at home. She was getting around, dad was helping, and we had a, a, an event on a, on a Sunday where we all came over and... You know, she played Yahtzee, and then the next, very early the next morning, like 2 in the morning on a Monday morning, you know, so that transition from Sunday into Monday, you know, she, dad was helping her out of bed so she can go to the bathroom, and she fell and broke her leg, which put her in the hospital again for 11 days. My sister spent the most time with her. I mean, it's almost all that time. There were two nights that she didn't spend there a Thursday night and the following Tuesday night where I went down and spent time with my mom. I've talked about that on previous shows. Go listen to those. Uh, anyway, so uh, it was clear that this, this, you know, when something like that, when a breaking her leg, that kind of a trauma, when she's already in a end-of-life uh, thing, <clears throat> It, it started to accelerate. Uh, she, they did fix her leg up enough so that she, she could be transported, so that it, it, she wouldn't be in as much pain. And so that was, and I guess that was a really rough, that Monday and that Monday night into Tuesday was really rough. Tuesday morning they did the surgery on her leg. Well, on, on Thursday, June 16th, she was able to be moved into a hospice facility called Our Lady of Peace, which is a Catholic-run uh, a hospice facility nuns run it and there's nurses there no cost to the people there they they go on don donations if you want to look them up uh, our lady of peace hospice st paul minnesota you want to look them up and donate some money to them in my mother's name that'd be awesome you don't have to but if you if you feel you know it'd be awesome and that it's i know it's weird i'm an atheist i'm advocating for sending money to a catholic organization but they you know it was good. They're, and they're not the, the Mother Teresa nutball types uh, when it comes to end of life and suffering because Mother Teresa got off on watching people suffer. 
She thought that was great. It made her, you know, it flooded her basement, as the kids say. She thought that that suffering made him close to God until she got to her end of life and she started suffering. Then, of course, she got all the medical treatment that, you know, that she wanted in order to keep the pain from being so bad. Ooh, she's a, she was a horrible person and they made her a saint. Well, anyway. Uh, so it was a Thursday that mom went in and, uh, um, uh, you know, I, th- I, st- I stopped by Thursday evening uh, and sat with Dad for a little bit. Visiting hours ends at 7.30. Some people are allowed, you know, they have to sign them for it to be, uh, to stay or stay all night. They could do that. But Dad chose not to stay. He says, oh, I'm just, there's nothing more I can do. Mom's just sleeping and, you know, that's what she was. The last few times I saw her, the, fir- the, the Thursday where I stayed over at the hospital to give my sister a break so she can go home and sleep in her own bed and get refreshed and then come back to do what she'd been doing. She'd been keeping mom comfortable, helping to, uh, you know, advocate for her with the medical staff and making, communicating with the, all the siblings and doing all that. Nancy was great. She did. That's my sister. Nancy was great. And so, um, that was the last time mom spoke to me. Uh, and one of the last things she said to me, I asked her, I said, you know who I am? She said, yeah, I wish I didn't. <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but yeah, you know, it was one of the last things she said to me. Uh, anyway, um, but after I saw her, anytime I saw her, then she was just sleeping. She's just not really responsive, not really, you know, just unconscious, really. Although Nancy said that when she got that first day in hospice, there was some communication. She, there was some awareness. She knew where she was. And when they were t- sending her to the hospice place, she knew she wasn't going home and she wasn't going to go home and all that. So there was a little bit of awareness and a little bit there that Nancy got experienced and Dad experienced with her a little bit. Uh, anyway, so uh, it was that Sunday morning. My older brother, Bob, uh, he... He got there at like eight in the morning or so, and he he he, he was telling us that he told me he said uh, it's he, her breathing was a little odd. Uh, I guess it's what's called the death rattle. Uh, it's a that there's a rattle sound in the breathing, a little growly rattly sound, and the nurse there told Bob, you know, not to worry. You know, she's not in pain. She's comfortable. She's not feeling any kind of anxiety because medicated and you know to to deal with all that, and and we had read stuff about end of life, what kind of things to expect, what happens, and all that, and the death rattle, which is a horrible way to say it, but that's what it is, is part of what happens. So, uh, so Bob was there hearing that, and then after a little bit of time, he didn't hear it. Uh, the doctor had come in to look mom over, and after a minute or so, the doctor, or maybe not even that long, the doctor says, "Um, gonna have to bring in the nurse." Had the nurse come in, they were looking over, and the nurse, uh, the doctor asked my brother, um, "When did you? When did she go quiet? When did you notice that she was, you know, wasn't breathing?" And he said, "About five minutes before you came in." And so the doctor says, okay, well, that's, we're going to call it that time, which would have been about 8.30 Sunday morning. Uh, <clears throat> um, I woke up Sunday morning, 
And there was a text from Bob saying that mom had passed. And so I just got up, started doing my day. Went downstairs, was doing laundry. And I got a call from dad. <clears throat> and that was that, you know, we talked. And I said, well, I'm going to be coming down later. Dad said he was going to be heading down. You know, I think he was there. Uh, and so I said, yeah, Bob, let us know. And, and, you know, and Dad, you could tell he was broke up. And uh, so, okay, well, we'll see you later, Dad. I got off the phone, and I broke down. That was, that was as, as I just completely lost it for a little bit there. Just leaning over the washer, just crying, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take a. Uh, I'm gonna take my first break, uh, and uh, we'll get back, and I'll let you know about uh, what was going on uh, the, over the next couple of days and the service and all that stuff. So um, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back after this. Gonna get my washing done Like I've done before Time and time again Watching the clothes go round Another week season You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. To Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. You're indulging me in in my story of the end of my mom's life. Um, so I took the Monday off after that, and Amy and Hayden stayed home from work as well. And I I don't remember what I did that day. <laughs> um. 
And that was the one day I figured I was going to take off, but then it, because I, I thought we, we, uh, my dad and my siblings, Bob and Nancy and and my younger brother Steve would be would be going to the funeral home to discuss the arrangements of what we were going to do, what kind of a service, that kind of thing. We ended up doing that on Tuesday, so I took Tuesday off. Uh, Amy and Hayden went into work. And uh, so... <clears throat> I, I, I wrote the obituary. Uh, Nancy had asked... You know, does anybody want to write the obituary? And, I, and eventually, I said, well, "Okay, I'll do it." And I and what I brought in was essentially, you know, just here's the first draft. I looked up obituaries, how to write an obituary. I just kind of and I I did all that kind of stuff in there, and then we discussed, well, you know, how do we make this? You know, there were some little changes made, but no no big deal. Um, and uh, there was a when it when it went uh, when I got the proof. Later, I had to tell the funeral director that no, no, no. When I wrote, she was that she was preceded in death, which they changed to she was joining uh, these people who had preceded her in death. That she was joining, uh, uh, you know, her five brothers, two of her sisters, and then others, and it was changed to five of her brothers, two of her sisters, and, and, I, and I had to tell the funeral, no, 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 no. All five of my mom's brothers have died. Uh, so, you know, saying five of her brothers in, seems to indicate that there's a surviving brother, at least one. There isn't. So they made that fix, and that was cool. Because, uh, you know, I wanted to be clear. <laughs> uh... So I did, so that was kind of my contribution there, and then we figured out what was going to happen. And Dad didn't want to do a service in a church, but he did want to have some sort of uh, religious service uh, for you know for the memorial service. He wanted to have a priest there and, and some some something to be done. So the deal was okay. There'll be a, like two hours of a visitation uh, beforehand. Then there'll be a, a, a short service. Uh, and then a luncheon, and I, I don't know about forty or fifty people showed up or something. I think I, I don't know. Um, and, and so the the following day, on uh, Wednesday it was or Thursday, my older brother and dad got together with the priest to work out what that service would be. So then Bob sends the siblings an email. That gives the you know the 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 rough of the of the uh, or a proof of the program that was going to be given out, and then links to readings, readings, and <clears throat> and so I, I go I look through that and I went and, it's, and Bob says uh, uh, there will be words of remembrance and he said Nancy can you do that. And that's where Nancy would write something and get up and, and, and give a little talk about mom, her thoughts on, you know, mom's life and what mom meant to us and all this stuff. And she did a really nice job, really nice job, very touching. Um, and then, Bob says, the three of us boys can handle the readings, words to that effect. <laughs> and uh, so I, I emailed back, I said, am I to understand that 
I'll be reading part of the Bible. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> well, you know, I'm I'm an atheist, and so <laughs> uh, I said I'll do it for mom and dad. I'll do it because they were Catholic. Mom was Catholic. Dad still is Catholic, and and then although. Uh, Dad never really talks much about religion. Doesn't talk about his faith much. He doesn't talk about praying and all this kind of shit. Mom would be a little more communicative about it. But, okay, all right, I'll do it for them. I'll just read this part of the Bible that was picked out. And, and, I, and I said in the email response, I will attempt to not sound sarcastic. See, that's just me poking a little fun. Putting my tongue in my cheek and being Jim. This is what Jim does. Jim has a sense of humor. Sometimes he, he hopefully he uses it always at the appropriate time, but sometimes I don't. But anyway, I that's what I said in the email response. But then I was looking the stuff over a little more. It's the read it was two readings from the Bible and a prayer that the brothers, that the boys would be taken care of. Well, I I, I looked at that and I said, uh, and then in our chat, our little sibling texting chat, I said, okay, I will read part of the Bible, but I will not do the prayer. As we were differing stuff up, you know, says, I will not do the prayer. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I will not. I, being an atheist, I do not relish the idea of leading people in a prayer. I'm not, I will not do that. And then, you know, I didn't go through all of that permutations or words for that, my protestation. But uh, uh, Bob said, well, will you do the, read the Romans, the piece from Romans? And I said, I'll do that. So that's great. And it actually kind of was working out that way anyway. The first reading would be done by the oldest brother. The second reading would be done by the middle brother. And then the prayer would be done by the younger brother my brother Steve. Now, Steve somehow missed the email and the texts. He didn't realize he was supposed to be reading something in this. He didn't realize that until he got there on the day and looked at the program and saw, oh, I'm reading something. And when it came to his part to get up and read, he didn't realize, and Bob had to lean over, that's you. You got to go. And so he went up and and he he did fine. He got to and what he did is it's this prayer thing. I don't know if it's just a Catholic thing, but it's it's a, it's a it's a series of uh, verses, if you will, that um, you know it starts off being fairly specific about mom. You know Norma Teresa, whatever, blah blah blah. She's great, wonderful. Uh, may she find an eternal peace. Uh, we pray to the Lord. And then, then the crowd responds with, Lord, hear our prayer. And then there's another verse where it's something, 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 Lord, hear our prayer, thanks, you know, you know or, it's, you know, we pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer, blah, blah, blah. And it's about five or six of these little things with that, you know, set up, and then everybody responds, Lord, hear our prayer. I, of course, didn't because I don't pray. But anyway, <clears throat> the last couple bits that Steve had to read, he... It just got very emotional. My sister got up, put her arm around her, and helped walk him through it. You know, get him through it. My sister, when she did her talk, she got toward the end of it. She got emotional, paused. You could you could hear it, but she got through it. My older brother, when he did the first reading, he got to, you know, and that reading was about gathering wool and doing you know and weaving and doing women's work or something like that. And 
Bob said, hey, it was as close as we could get to mom likes to crochet. So, uh, you know, and so he got reading and he got toward the end of it and he began to lose a little bit, had to compose himself to get through it. I, on the other hand, <laughs> who was so worried about reading publicly, I do not read well out loud. I read, I can read. But I, I don't know. I don't know if it's dys dyslexia or, or what. I tend to skip a word or get stuck on a word or, or, or flip a couple words, uh, the position of words. I just, it's stuff like, I don't know. I just, I've, I've, since I was a kid, always do that, right? And I'd read that thing out loud over and over and over leading up to this. And and you know to my to my son and to to, to Amy uh, and just you know over and over and over that before going I read it twice before going to the to the service and then I got up there I read it I barely even remember doing it I just did it I remember the the, the recessed light in the ceiling that's a little bit behind me cast a shadow over the paper with the words I was supposed to be reading I remember that and uh, I sat back down. And, uh, you know, it, I got through it. I didn't break up. There was no, it didn't happen. There was no, got choked up or just, that did not happen. Uh, maybe because what I read was so brief, because <laughs> it was brief. Maybe because I was so concerned about getting it out. Get it out, read it, <laughs> get it done and sit down. Maybe, maybe it's because I don't care about my mom. No, it's not that. <laughs> I'm kidding love my mom i was getting emotional every time my sister got emotional i got emotional my brother did uh, my older brother did my younger brother did that's when i was feeling it but when i got up there it was just read this and sit down i asked amy and hayden later how did i do so i, I really don't I, I think i did okay and they said you did great you didn't you didn't miss up anything you just went right through and that it's it's and even if i did screw up so what it, it happens but it was weird when I got to that last bit. You, you do the reading, and the reading is about it's. It's. I was going to read it, but I'm not going to read it to you. But it's it's Romans five verses seventeen through twenty one. You can look them up, and it's essentially saying the same thing about three times. It's four sentences, four long sentences, lots of commas, but it's four sentences saying the same thing about three times, which is. Uh, one person did something terrible so that all of us are sinners. One person can do something fabulous, that be person being Jesus, which can give us the chance to all be winners. We can all be winners. We can all go to heaven, have eternal life and everlasting peace and whatever. Right? That's. I mean, it says it about three times. But anyway, and I didn't get sarcastic. I didn't roll my eyes. I didn't say hail Satan at the end. I didn't do any of that kind of stuff. I got through it. And the weird part, though, other than not really being... I mean, I was aware I was doing it, but not really. It's, it's strange. It was strange. But when I looked up at the end, I just I looked down, just read the words, and I looked up to say the, the what you say when you're done with these kinds of things. I looked up at the, and said, the word of the Lord. And then everybody's supposed to be responding something like, thanks be to God or whatever. Yeah, I think it was thanks be to God. And so I looked up and there's all these people looking at me and I said, the word of the Lord. And they said, thanks be to God. And I went and sat down. That was fine. So, um, 
uh, it, it, there was the, you know when I announced on Facebook that my mom uh, uh, had died, there was you know there were people's giving prayers, you know sending prayers, and that's fine. You know what are you gonna do? Uh, I the way I worded it, I said that her eighty-five plus year long journey has come to an end, you know, that, and then somebody had say, well, no, it's it hasn't come to an end. It's you know, life go. You, it still goes on. It continues. Or what, however they put it in this religious kind of sense. And I, okay, okay, whatever. No, it's done. The only, I mean, this is what I believe. I don't know for sure. I'll find out when I die. Or I won't find out when I die. And I think, you see, I lean on the side of, I'm not going to find out when I die. Because when I die, I'll be gone. It's done. It's over. My existence is over. It'll be like it was before I was born. Yeah, but you know, I won't have any concept of existing. I didn't exist in 1865. I didn't exist. I wasn't there. I had I have no concept. Although it's a weird thing or maybe it's an understandable thing with human beings we're we're constant, uh, conscious of our uh of the fact that we are going to die. We know it. We go through our lives not dwelling on it all, all the time. Uh and when we, when we, our perception is, and I hope I'm not being stupid here, but our perception is, is that we've always been here. We've always, we've always existed, even though we know we haven't always, because we just perceive the world as, you know, we, we don't remember blinking into existence. And it's likely that we're not going to notice we're blinking out of existence. It's just going to, it's just going to end. And how that happens, I don't know. You know, how, how we ease into it, I don't know. How mom went into it, I, I don't know. From what we saw, it was very quiet. What was going on in her in her head, who knows? But I believe she's she's gone, except that she lives in our memories. And her voice is still on Dad's answering machine. That's right, answering machine. It's still on there. We got to get a recording of it because it'd be, you know it'd be nice to be able to hear her voice. Uh, I think I'll uh, take my second break, um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll be back. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back after this break. To Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. When, oh, when will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Warmer weather in Minnesota means deer ticks are now feeding in a wooded area near you. Fight the bite. To avoid Lyme and other diseases from deer ticks, use tick repellent. This message from the Minnesota Department of Health. 
give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. He said, I'll love you till I die. She told him you'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by, she still prayed upon his mind. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Uh, when we were chatting, the siblings and I, uh, I, and I mentioned that, you know, I'll do the reading. Uh, and, and I, in the chat, along with in the email, my email response, but in the chat response, I also said again, and I'll try not to sound sarcastic, to which my older brother put a big smiley face. My sister, she, she said, um, you know, I don't remember mom or dad ever disparaging any of us for our, uh, uh, our beliefs or lack of. I don't think we should be disparaging theirs. And I... I wrote back. Do you, how long have you known me? I'm not this. I'm not disparaging. I'm. I'm. You know. How do you? How can you not tell that my tongue is in my cheek? Of course, I'm not going to be sarcastic. Of course, I'm not going to roll my eyes. Of course, I'm not going to do any of that kind of stuff. I'm going to be too worried about getting through the damn thing. Um. <clears throat> I don't. You know. And I've, like I said earlier, Dad doesn't talk about religion. Doesn't talk about his faith. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't. But mom would, and yeah, I mean, she was able to accept at least at some manner that I was an agnostic. <laughs> I, I don't. I never really came straight out to say I was an atheist to her. Never did. And I, but I, on occasion, in the presence of my parents, would make certain comments about religious people. <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, you know, go back about, uh, oh, let's see, I don't know, about half a dozen mass shootings ago. Just, you know, here in the United States, about half a dozen. So that would have been what? Like a, well, actually, probably, probably a couple dozen at this point, because it was like a month ago, uh, or whenever it was. Remember in Buffalo, New York, there was this uh, young racist kid who thought it'd be a good idea to drive a couple hours or a couple hundred miles or however far it was to uh, go to a grocery store that was predominantly uh, uh, patroned by or, or, or uh, yeah, patron by uh, uh, black folks. Thought it'd be a really good idea to do that and go kill some of them. You know? Probably a Trump voter or would have been if he was old enough. Anyway, <clears throat> look, I, I'm sorry. You know, not everybody who voted for Trump is a racist, but every racist who voted, voted for Trump. Okay? I think I can say that. I don't, I don't have the empirical data in front of me to, to back me up, but I think I'm pretty clear on that. I think it's, you know, I don't think, there may have been some, no, I think every racist that voted, voted for Trump in 2016 and again in 2020. More of them in 2020. They went on, so we've we got to get him in there because, you know, make this country safe for white people. <clears throat> Which the uh, Supreme Court is doing their damnedest. Anyway. <clears throat> for white men, I should say. So, uh, anyway. When that shooting took place, 
And this is a thing that exasperates the hell out of me. I was sitting there with my parents watching some report on TV and some reporter is talking to one of the people that worked at that store who happened to be shot, didn't die. He was one of the survivors who, who was shot and he's in, this hos in the hospital. He didn't want to be on camera, but he would talk to them. And his mother was there and she was on camera. So it's, and she was talking to them as well. And at some point, this this goddamn reporter has to say, "Oh, your, he looks talk to the mother. Says, oh, your son was shot, but he survived. Is that a miracle? No, it's not a goddamn miracle. He was shot. How is that a miracle? Because he survived. Jesus Christ! Talk about adding survive, uh, adding to the survivor guilt that the pro the kid will probably have." Because his mother says something like, oh, you know, he's got more to do. God had a plan. He's got more to do. He's got to say, and I just went, God damn it. <laughs> it's just in, my, in front of my parents. Why are they doing this? Why? It's not a miracle. There's nothing miraculous about this. There's no miracle to this. What was it? That, how many people got killed there? Was it 13 or something? Where's the miracle there? Are you sitting down talking to the parents of somebody that some other person that got killed? And say, isn't it a miracle that that cashier got shot and survived? Isn't it a miracle? What the fuck? It's just... Stop saying miracles. You know what a miracle would be? I was thinking about this. What would a miracle be? What would a miracle be in, in my estimation? And even then, there would still be probably some skepticism about it. But let's say this. You know, they get these these evangel evangelical types that like to say that uh, the world's coming to an end on, and they give a date, and it never does come to an end, and they come up with some hand-waving to explain why they were wrong. Oh, I did my math wrong. Oh, it was a, it was a, uh, a, a spiritual uh, change, you know, end of the world, and, and we, we, we've crossed over into some other spiritual realm or something. Whatever, they come up with some bullshit. So then, okay, so let's say we get one of these types to say that he'd been talking to God, not praying, I mean, actually having a conversation with God. Say, hey, how's it going, God? Eh, I don't know. It's going okay, I guess. You know what I was thinking? What's that, God? What were you thinking? Well, I was thinking, I want to prove to the world that I exist. Really? Yeah, I want to do it. Why? You haven't done it yet. Why would you want to? Why would you want to do that? Well, you know, what about the faith thing? We're supposed to believe in you without evidence. Well, I know, but yeah, I'm yeah sick of that. I'm going to prove it. Well, you know what you could do, God. What's that? Well, you're um, you're omnipotent. You got you're all powerful. You could just make everybody believe in you. Just well, what about the free will thing? I don't know. Let's not get into that conversation. What's your plan? Well, God then tells him the plan is. I'm going to. In the United States of America, we're just keeping it in America. This is America's this whole gun thing that's going on in America. What I'm going to do on this date, and he gives a date, right? He gives the guy on this date. You tell everybody that on this date, this is going to happen for 24 hours, from you know, from the stroke of midnight to the almost the stroke of midnight, you know, whatever. You just just set it up that on this date, not one incidence of violence will take place in the entirety of the United States and its territories. Not one 
piece of violence. Not one. Not one instance. Not one person punched. Not one person kicked. Not one person stabbed. Not one person shot. Nothing. Not one. Not any bit of violence will happen on that day. And, you know, and I will make sure it doesn't happen because, you know, I'm God. I've got all that power. I will make sure that it doesn't happen. If somebody even tries, they just they won't even be able to try. The skeptics, the atheists, the ardent ones, the ones that are going to be too scared to give up their atheism, that are going to try to do some violence, they won't be able to do it. So this guy will go on, you know, his TV show, like Joel Olstein or somebody, and he'll slow motion. You ever watch Joel Olstein? He preaches in slow motion. Just watch him. He just he moves in slow motion. He blinks in slow motion. He smiles in slow motion. He talks in slow motion. It's just, it's just, that's how he is. So he gets out there and says, I was talking to God. I don't know if he ever claims to be talking to God, but I'm just using him. I was talking to God, and God told me, and he gives the date, he gives the range of hours, he says, nowhere in the United States, any of its territories, anywhere, there's not going to be one incident of violence. One, one person to another person, several people, then nothing. There will be not one incident of violence. And the day comes and there's not one incident of violence. The the shaky atheists that, that, that want to stay atheists will try and they can't do it. Now there might be some skepticism when the day goes past, when it, it ticks over and all the people that wanted to do violence, you know, it's like the purge, will all go crazy. <laughs> There'll be a hell of a lot of violence, but the next day on the news they'll say nothing. No violence. No, nobody was shot. Nobody was stabbed. Nothing. That would be a miracle. I think. Not the fact that some cashier at a grocery store got shot but didn't die. That's not a miracle. Especially when a whole bunch of other people died. I've, I've used this example several times on this show. An apartment building collapses. 250 people die. Three days later, a baby is found in a little nook, nook that somewhere somehow managed to survive for three days, drinking its own urine, whatever it had to do, eating a rat, whatever. It survived somehow. And everybody's like, that's a miracle. No, it's not. 250 people died. That's, it's not a miracle. These people ought to, the miracle people ought to be saying every time they get somewhere, every time they get in their car and they drive and they get to work and they make it there and they don't get in an accident and die, they, they should stay up and come. It's a miracle! Thank you, God! Every time a plane lands, no incidents, no problems, it's a miracle! Thank you, God! No, they only call it a miracle after something happens, because God wasn't paying attention, apparently. And then... Some ray, some some small positive is found. It may not be a small positive; it might be a bigger positive, but still, it's just. Ugh. So I've talked like that in front of my parents, <laughs> not as long as I just did, but I have brought that up, and, and, and at that point, I said, I, I just, I'm just like, I don't get it. It's like it's not a miracle. There's nothing miraculous here. He was shot! Just because he didn't die? <sighs> See, I... You know, could you imagine if I was at mom's service and I start reading through the thing and halfway through I go on to that. <laughs> and I get to the end and I stop and I look at everybody and they're like, 
uh, <laughs> my friend Craig, who was there. Thank you, Craig, for being there. That was very nice. Uh, really appreciated that. Uh, he'd be just kind of, you know, smiling behind his mask. He's one of the few people that wore a mask. I didn't wear a mask. I know. I know. It's weird. I, I don't. I, it, ugh. COVID is still a thing, y'all, but we're acting like it isn't. I don't, and even me, even me. <sighs> Where am I at this, in this show thing? A uh, couple of things to make it quick. Um, a cool thing. You know the band Tenacious D? It's sort of a comedy rock band. I mean, not, I mean they, they do songs that are funny. And it's Jack Black and Kyle Gass. And and I guess they're really fun to see in concert and and, and they you know and they do some pretty edgy stuff, pretty funny stuff, pretty disgusting stuff. <laughs> uh, there there's a song that they do called Tribute, which is a tribute to the greatest song in the world. Uh, it, it's it's you know Kyle and, and Jack are walking on some lonely road when when they're shined a shiny demon who demanded of them to play the best song in the world and they each said okay and then they started to play a song which just happened to be the best song in the world <clears throat> now they couldn't remember what the best song in the world was as they were doing the song called tribute and they and and Jack points out that the 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 peculiar thing is about the song tribute is that it doesn't sound anything like the best song in the world. It's a tribute to that song. It's very meta. And they, so, so we don't know what the best song in the world is unless you've seen them live. There's, I'll, I'll, I'll share a, a, a link to it in the show notes where at the very end of the song, they go into the melody of that greatest, uh, that bestest and greatest song in the world. And it's Stairway to Heaven. Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. Which, I don't know. I like Stairway to Heaven. I think it's a good song. I think it benefits from having a real rock and finish after a long, uh, slow build to it. It's a long, quiet, ballady, uh, dark and moody bit to it, and it has this real rock and finish. And that's what, you know, it's almost sort of like Bohemian Rhapsody has that same sort of follows that same path which sort of although it has a little bit of an opera thing in the middle and it's it's, it's it, you know it's queen but it has that real rock and end which makes you come out of the song saying yeah that was a great song if it had stayed if stairway to heaven had stayed in that 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 moody wandering through this darkness thing about this woman buying a stairway to heaven if it had stayed like that and didn't have the rockin' end, I don't think it'd be considered the best song in the world. But then, you know, it doesn't mean that it... I mean, it doesn't mean that it's not the best song in the world have, having that rockin' end. That's what that's these are the elements of the song. This is why the song is great, right? You know, so, okay, cool. And as far as I know, though, Tenacious D, I mean, they might do covers of songs in, in concert, uh, but, um, and they, I did find a video of them doing a cover of the song Time Warp from the film Rocky Horror Picture Show as a, as a get out the vote for Democrats. That's not, you know, when you see the Hollywood types 
saying get out and vote. Just vote. Get out and vote. You know they're not saying vote for Republicans. <laughs> Sometimes they say, I don't care who you vote for. Just get out and vote. No, no. They want you to vote for Democrats. Because, <laughs> God damn it, we need... Sorry. The Republicans are just a lost party right now. They're lost. They've got... They're lost. The only thing is, they've figured out how to you know, rig the system so it benefits them. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, you know. But as far as I could find... On their albums and that, Tenacious D doesn't do covers of other bands. Until recently. And which band do you think it was that they did the cover of? Huh? Which band? Who do you think that would have been? That's right. The greatest band, the greatest rock band in the world, in my opinion. The Who. They did this thing called the Who Medley. It's a little over three-minute-long song that is that focuses on Tommy. It's got its video to it, and it's kind of disturbing video, <laughs> a little bit, kind of. But it's it pulls all this imagery from the Ken Russell film uh, version of Tommy from 1975, and uh, which is a uh, which is an uh, kind of movie. So it's not terrible. But it's yeah, uh, and 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 so it's uh, uh it's I mean they do a good job of it, and it's a medley. It's it's three songs. Starts off with a bit of Pinball Wizard, transitions to There's a Doctor, and then ends with Go to the Mirror, uh, which pulls a lot of the themes of that of that whole album. You know, pulls it, gets it, encapsulates it almost almost all of it, and ends near near the way the album ends. You know, with that listening to you, I get the heat and feelings and whatever. Um, I, I know I, I know the lyrics, but anyway, it it, it does that, um, and I think it's pretty good. And and I'm and I find it you know I find it gratifying that it's the Who that Tenacious D decided to do a cover of. Yes, they did the Time Warp song, but that's not tied to any particular band. That's tied to a movie. Yeah, maybe they've done others. I mean, they've done songs like uh, you know, well that tribute song, which apparently is a tribute to Stairway to Heaven. I mean, can't say that for sure, but like I said, if you have seen some of their live versions of it, they don't do it every time, but there's one that I'll link to. They get to the end and they, they go into that sound of, you know, uh, 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 the melody of Stairway to Heaven. You know, they, and, and, and you'll see when, he, when, I, when you go to the show notes and you check out the link. You'll see. So I think that's kind of cool. I mean, that's that's you know the validation that the Who is the greatest rock band ever. Uh, this second, I, I talked about it a while back when I watched uh, Rock and Roll High School, which was largely a film meant to promote the Ramones, and the Ramones had uh, there was the, there was a there was a rock meter in there somewhere, and of course the Ramones was the top of the meter, and there were other great bands going up the meter in, in levels, but which band was the second on there? just under the Ramones? That's right. The Who. That's right. The Who. Not the Rolling Stones. Not the Beatles. Not Led Zeppelin. Not Deep Purple. Not Black Sabbath. The Who. Okay? So, you know, I mean, I'm sure you can find things that would bolster your point that Led Zeppelin's a greater band. But, it's my show. I mentioned something earlier, <clears throat> before I get out of here, uh, I mentioned something earlier about recording here uh, 
and, and when talking about the, the comic book store, I am I am in the basement of the comic book store. I don't know if I've sounded different, if if it's quieter in the background or something. I don't know. Uh, I couldn't record at home. You see, we have a dog, <laughs> and this dog uh, likes to bark. And it's unpredictable when she's going to bark. Now, she doesn't do it all the time, and she's gotten she's settled down a little bit better. But with the fireworks season happening, because it's the 4th of July, and, and every asshole in the neighborhood has to light off fireworks every night from, I don't know, from June 25th until July 10th, they just go, oh, it's just America freedom, America freedom, America freedom. <laughs> God, I can't afford to fill my gas tank, but I can go out and buy a bunch of fireworks. Uh, you know, it's 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 interesting when I look back at it. The, my my change in attitude toward the neighbors and the fireworks. When Amy and I moved into the house that we live in in two thousand one, that first summer, we saw that we got a lot of neighbors that like to launch like to launch the uh, the real you know big fireworks stuff that's illegal in Minnesota. It can only be done by by proper outfits hired by you know sports teams and you know with proper permit uh, permits or municipals areas you know they have to have permits and all that kind of crap but no so like a, a regular uh, minnesotan isn't allowed to get that kind of stuff they can only get ground display fireworks stuff nothing that launches nothing that makes the big bangs you can't get bottle rockets or even firecrackers it's just nope nope but you can go over to south dakota and get the stuff and bring it over here or you can go to wisconsin and get the stuff and bring it over here and that's what these people do. And apparently, they have second and third jobs in order to spend the 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 twenty thousand dollars on this stuff because this stuff is expensive. I don't know how they afford this. How do you afford this? Well, you're gonna have your priorities, man. Freedom, freedom. Anyway, that first Fourth of July, we thought, wow, this is cool. We don't have to go somewhere. We can just sit out in the front yard and take a look. Yeah, sure, there's some trees in the way, but yeah, cool. And then as time, and we had a dog at the time, but uh, Quigley, that was the dog. Didn't like fireworks, like pretty much every pet around doesn't like the fireworks stuff, doesn't like all those loud noises, doesn't know what's going on, and some of them freak out. Well, he would just find a place to just kind of hunker down and be quiet. Edna, this is her first time dealing with fireworks, and she was doing the barking. That's why I didn't do a show last week, because the fireworks are going to be going off, and there's no way, she, you know, we try to keep her quiet, but it's, you know, it's she's still a puppy, and we're still trying to train her, you know, find different ways to to express yourself other than barking. <clears throat> you know, write a letter. Write a memo. Something, you know. Anyway, as time went on, just started thinking, okay, all right, I get it on the 4th, but my God, it's it's June 29th. What the hell? It's it's July 12th. Can we end this? Can we stop this now? What the hell? You know, and, and then, you know, it's 4 in the morning. What the hell? <laughs> you know, it's like, what is wrong with you people? Freedom, freedom, freedom. It would be a shame if you were to blow off your hand with some firework. <laughs> that would be just a terrible shame. So now, it's like, just stop it. Just do it on the 4th, and that's it. <laughs> that's it, the attitude change. Because 
not only that, not only is it pets, but there are people. There are people that that, that don't handle that well. Some of them might be veterans who have, I don't know, gone to war in, Af- in Afghanistan or Iraq and had been shot at and had bombs going off around them and don't really like the idea of listening to the stuff happening. Maybe they work themselves up and say, okay, it's going to happen on the 4th. I can handle it. But if it's happening night after night after night after night, I mean, come on. So, I was going to do the show last night. Couldn't do it. Noise, dog barking. I've done the show with fireworks going off in the background before, but not with a dog barking. That would have been too distracting. I was going to do the show this morning, but other dogs are out barking outside just because they're dogs and they're out barking. And Edna hears that and says, oh, I get to bark too. So I thought, okay, I'm going to come to the comic book store I'm going to do the show here. And that's what I'm doing. I don't know if I'll do this every time. Who knows? But I'm doing it here. Um, okay, before I get out of here, I wanted to relate one more thing about uh, about my mom. My sister Nancy had been there at the hospital in her last hospital stay for you know almost all of that 11 days. I told you I gave her two nights of a break but otherwise she was there and 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 then she was there at at hospice for uh, quite a bit and she was able to, you know she said on it wasn't it was it was understandable what she said and and, and she once I talked I talked to her about it, she said oh was that should I not have shared that and I said no no that's fine because she, she had said that you know she got to be the person that was the last person to feel mom squeeze her hand she was the last person to hear mom say I love you you know and, and that and and yeah, I I didn't take it as a it's like like Nancy was bragging. She's just was saying that she had that that the honor of that that she was there. I mean, I, I'm glad that Bob was there for her last moments. That somebody was there uh, it, because with the COVID and all that, it's different. You just can't have everybody hanging out. Um, but I'm glad that somebody was there. Like I, I was glad that that Amy was there for her mom's last moments. And we and and just and my brother-in-law, his wife, his wife's sister, Amy, my son, and I were all there for my father-in-law's last breaths. So you know, we got to be there. Uh, but for mom, I'm glad at least the older brother was there. Anyway, so when Nancy says I had all these lasts that she had with mom, and I said, well, yeah, I got one. I got one last uh, thing. I'm the last person to ever remove mom's teeth. Good night, Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, <laughs> it's true. She wore dentures. Uh, be skeptical, uh, get vaccinated, do all those things, extraordinary claims and all that. Thank you for letting me bend your ear about my mom for this show and I threw in some other stuff. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons, reminding you all to sleep with the lights on. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.